welcome to Salakupur's podcast and what an important topic do I have today it is coronavirus vaccines COVID-19 vaccines and with me today is one of the best science educators that I have ever stumbled across on social media Rob Swanda if I'm pronouncing your name wrongly please correct me he is a PhD student of biochemistry in Cornell University which is an Ivy League school which for Indians if you want to relate it's like the IITs of uh, you know US universities so is the creme la de creme um, when it comes to his subject and uh, Rob can you please mention like what is your exact specialty in, in of, of the PhD subject that you do really Sure. Yeah. So my PhD focus is in biochemistry and my thesis topic is actually designing mRNAs that can target cancer cells for destruction. So you're 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 going to be the guy who's who's going to save the world from cancer. <laughs> Oh, maybe a small piece. We'll try. <laughs> lovely, lovely. But uh, there is a reason why I have you on this podcast, Rob, because, uh, you know, up, up until now, through the pandemic, whenever I used to see the news of vaccine development for COVID-19, this disease, I was like, I won't be the early adopter. I'm like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to make sure that no one is turning into zombies. And <laughs> then I'll take the vaccine. All right. And until I come across your work, I mean, you have one amazing YouTube channel where you explain the little itsy bitsy tiny details of how vaccines work and how they are effective in, in, in you know, protecting your body. And you use very simple language that is very accessible to dummies like me, which is fantastic. And I, I, I'm a big fan of your work and I'm sure you must be getting the same message from many people uh, who watch your work. What, what, what was the point of starting this YouTube channel? Because I, you don't come across a PhD student doesn't become a YouTuber just like that. No, not at all. So I back in December was when the US was starting to have the FDA look over some of these mRNA vaccines. And you know, that was being um, in the, the news all the time. This was being heard about. And my parents actually contacted me and said, what is this like vaccine about? Do you think it's safe? Are you going to get it? Um, they they had heard the word mRNA before because I've I've used that when I've talked to them about my work, um, but they're not scientists, so they're like, we don't know. Is this safe? Like we're a, a little bit worried. And I said, okay, like let me explain it to you because it's actually quite cool and quite simple. Um, and so we were on a Zoom call, and I was just explaining to them on paper, and then you know, by like, it's like 10, 15 minutes. And then they said, wow, like, we really understand. This is cool. Like, are we going to get a PhD now? Like, we understand this. I'm like, okay. Um, and then they asked, okay, could you make this into a video? Because, uh, you know, some of their friends and some of my other family um, were like, would love to, to know this. Um, and since we all can't be together, like, it'd be the best way to share this information. So I ended up making that video um, and sent it to them. And then I thought, okay, like I'll post it on, on Twitter. I'll post it on Instagram. I only have like, you know, a hundred, 200 yeah. followers, but, but at least somebody can learn. And then it just kind of like skyrocketed. Right, right. Was shared and shared and shared and still Lovely. being shared today. Pretty, uh, pretty glad to see that accurate uh, information being uh, shared rather than the 5G uh, coronavirus bullshit. You know the <laughs> yes. fake news. You know, you know how uh, yeah. you know how texting works. Do you have yeah. one of those uh, uncles who share weird news on WhatsApp in America as well? Yes, yes, unfortunately. And Same. I quickly, quickly put a stop to that. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. That's exactly why I have you here, brother. Uh, let's just jump into it straight away, right? Like, for example, uh, uh, in, in very brief terms, in a terms that I can understand, and I'm, I'm nobody in terms of science, but I'm just, I, I call myself an enthusiast at, at the best. But how does a traditional vaccine work? right like how does a vaccine work because in india i don't know about american india when the when a kid is born he's vaccinated like left and right you know because yes. I, I i still have a bcg vaccine mark on my hand and so on right so okay. what is the idea of a vaccine though yeah so just like in india in us we also get tons of vaccines when we're young mm -hmm. and the vaccines are just a way to introduce your body to be on the lookout for a certain bacteria or a certain virus in the future so if they mm -hmm. ever see it to destroy it so mm -hmm. it's like a training system for your body mm -hmm. to say okay like this is 
not a good thing. So if you see it in the future, make sure you destroy it before it has a chance to get you sick. Right. And so the traditional vaccine uh, style is like uh, you just try to generate a response in the body as if it's being attacked so that it keeps the memory within the body. Is that how it works? Yeah. So traditionally, they actually use like a weakened form of the virus or bacteria Mm. or even um, like a piece of the virus or bacteria that's been inactivated. Mm. And that's what they'll use as like an injection into your body. So the reason they do that is, you know, if it's weakened, it doesn't have a chance to actually make you sick. And then if it's a piece, you know, it's only one piece of the puzzle. It's not all these pieces. So it it can't make you sick, but it still gives your body that ability to make the recognition. So when it comes to COVID-19 vaccines, right? So is this the first time this MRA technology has been used or has it been used before? What were the uh, historic examples? I mean, what is this mRNA in a a very quick sense, right? So what can you tell, tell us about that? Yeah, so the mRNA in use for therapeutics has been used before in terms of gene therapy, they even have it used against some types of cancer, and it's still ongoing research, just like my own research, Mm. we're trying to investigate how can we better design this RNA to target different diseases. Mm. Um, And then in related to vaccines, uh, mRNAs in vaccines for different clinical trials have been used for influenza, and for Ebola, but um, those haven't been approved. They're still in the trials right now. Mm. Um, some of those trials, you know, they take a long time. And right. due to the state of this pandemic, though, those trials were for SARS-CoV-2 were yeah. sped up. Mm. Um, but the mRNA itself is actually really like a pretty cool design. And it's one of the reasons why these vaccines came out so quick mm-hmm. is because it's really just instructions for your body. So okay. our bodies always use mRNA. Everything we do is involved around making a protein and in Mm. order to make those proteins you need mrna so Mm. mrna is like the blueprint and then the protein is what's going to make the function it's Mm. it's what's going to make you see it's going to make you talk you know listen feel everything that you do in your body relates to protein right so the mrna is really just delivering in instructions for your body to make a protein and then we're hijacking that system to make it you make it um make a sars-cov-2 protein rather Mm. than a human protein right right and is this what uh, so there are like some top vaccines right if you just if we can take a look Mm -hmm. at the names right so there is uh, pfizer there is Moderna, mm-hmm. uh, yep. which are using the mRNA type. So these two, are there any differences in between these two? It's just two competitors doing the same thing. Yeah, it's really just two competitors doing the same thing. There's going to be a little bit of difference in terms of the way it's actually delivered. So mm. it's delivered using um, something called a lipid nanoparticle. And mm-hmm. really all that is, is just a composition of different fats because all of our cells are surrounded by a fat called a Mm. cell membrane Mm. and you need a fat to mix with a fat in order for it to merge you can think of it like when you're cooking if you put oil and water in the pan they don't mix together right they Mm. separate so if you have two fats they actually mix so Mm. it's packaged in this lipid nanoparticle or lnp and that's kind of where the differences fall for these companies because um, some companies can make the LNPs themselves and then other companies are like outsourcing them from a right. different manufacturer. Yeah. Right. And, and what about this Oxford University's vaccine, right? I think they are tied up with like AstraZeneca and they are using this with, uh, method called like adenovirus. So yes. what, what, what is that exactly? Yeah. So that one is, um, it's kind of in the same realm of the mRNA, like the idea behind the mRNA is to give you instructions to make the spike protein, and then your body will make an immune response against the spike protein. And that spike Mm -hmm. protein is what's found on SARS-CoV-2. Right. So that's what's going to elicit the immunity. And Mm -hmm. the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine is kind of doing the exact same thing downstream, but they're Mm -hmm. delivering it in a little bit of a different way. So the way that they've done is now they've actually turned that mRNA, it's through a reverse process in the lab, they can make it into DNA. Okay. And that, that DNA is now put inside of a adenovirus, which has been modified. So the adenovirus, um, actually, we 
commonly have come in contact with adenovirus. Many, many people have. Um, so we probably already have antibodies against adenoviruses. So, whoa, so whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. What is adenovirus, by the way? Yeah, so adenovirus is just a, like a virus that can cause like a common cold. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, so because humans already have come into contact or some, most people have already come into contact with this virus, okay. these companies needed to use a new system. So they're actually using a virus, an adenovirus that would infect a chimpanzee. Mm. So we don't have, our immune system hasn't seen that before. Mm. So that's a good thing. It means we're not going to destroy it before it can get to us. Right. Um, and what they've done is they modified that virus so they can do this in the lab where they can actually take out parts of the DNA that allow us, that allow it to replicate inside of us mm. or that allow us to make us sick. And they can cut those pieces out and then put it back inside the virus, along with the piece of DNA that our body needs in order to make the spike protein. Right. So um, the way, one of the ways I explained it in my video is like, you know, you have like a filled donut. Mm. Think of like taking the insides out of the filled donut mm. and then filling it with something else. So mm. it's still going to, you know, be the same thing, but now it's gonna be a little different on the inside. Wow. And the virus now, this adenovirus acts the same way as the LNP in the mRNAs where it right. comes in, it's gonna infect our cells and then it's going to release its DNA. So that's how most viruses work. They infect our cells and then they release their DNA because they think, okay, now that's gonna help me replicate. Mm. But actually, because this has been modified, that DNA can't replicate. Mm. And the only information now is that spike protein. So then your body turns the DNA to RNA right. and then RNA to protein. And then you elicit that same immune response. Right. Um, it's, now, it's a little, oh, go ahead. You're talking about spike protein. Spike protein is just the outer part of the coronavirus cell. So it's yeah. so it, it, it has the information of the coronavirus, but it's not exactly as lethal as the virus itself. Is that, is that, is that, am I getting that right? So the coronavirus actually has 29 proteins that it needs mm. in order to be a fully functional. So you can think of this like, pieces to your car but you're only getting one of the proteins so that spike mm. protein on the outside it would be like only getting the tires to your car you can't mm. really like do anything with it right um but you can recognize that that belongs to a car mm. so that's exactly what our bodies do so it gets that spike protein that spike protein by itself can't make us sick it can't mm. give us coronavirus but mm. it can at least give our bodies a little bit of an uh, memory to say, hey, if you see this in the future, make sure you attack it. Right, right. I'm sorry, you were yeah. saying something. I interrupted you. Oh, I was just going to say that the, um, the and then the main difference between these mRNA vaccines and the viral vector vaccines, mm. um, although like the efficiencies are a little bit different, but they're still both very high. Um, the main um, like difference in terms of like how they'll be used is really just storage. So mm -hmm. unfortunately with mRNA, it's just very, very um, highly susceptible to de degradation. So right. it's not a very stable uh, molecule. It can be attacked by a lot of different enzymes. Those enzymes can be in the air, in, on our bodies, just mm -hmm. on different surfaces. And that's why it has to be kept super cold. The cold mm. is actually to prevent those enzymes that could destroy it from working. Mm. Um, but the adenovirus viral vector vaccines, because they use DNA, that can be much more stable. So it can yeah. be kept at room temperature. And these are like, that's gonna be huge in order to get this because not all of the infrastructure across the world can really handle keeping things super cold. Yeah. So you know, having both vaccines that both have a great efficiency um, and having both available is going to be critical for, you know, getting these vaccines out to everybody who needs them. I think that explains why like the Oxford vaccine is a little cost effective than the other ones. Is, is Am I right? It's all because of yeah. the log logistics of cold storage and so on. Yes. Right, right. Got you, got you. Now, like we are have you ever had a chance to study what india is doing with the vaccines have you ever looked at like what indian vaccines are, are doing like covid shield or co-vaccine or something like that i have not no okay okay so apparently i think covid shield is a vaccine which is in uh, collaboration with Ast astrazeneca and it is doing okay. this adenovirus method 
and covaxin okay. is covaxin is apparently injecting dead coronavirus in, into okay. does, does that happen does that happen vaccination yeah, that happened yeah so if you think of like um getting the chicken pox or mm. like measles or mumps uh rubella vaccines those actually all use a dead form of the virus that would mm. infect you um and those are work very i mean we know that those work great they've been given to people for decades now right and i think that they will work just fine for mm. coronavirus too the mm. only thing is it just takes a lot of time mm. um because you have to grow that bacteria right or i'm sorry you have to grow that virus mm. you, it doesn't just grow by itself you have to grow that in the lab and then collect it kill it or make it weak and then make it into a vaccine so um like one of the things with the mrna vaccines why they came out first is like there's this example I like to use in terms of like, say you get a recipe and like, I want to share that recipe with, or I want to share that food with mm. a bunch of different people. Mm. Well, it's going to take me a lot longer to make that food for every single person than it would be if I just gave everybody the recipe and then yes. they could all make it on their own. Right. Yes. So that's, that's what the viral, like the MRNA viral. Um, gotcha. Gotcha vaccines are doing they're giving mm -hmm. everyone the instructions whereas like this one that you just explained is having to make all that virus right. or that food by right. themselves and then give it out so it just takes a little bit longer but doesn't mean it's not going to be as effective mm -hmm. the million dollar question obviously is how, how how long the immunity will last right because different vaccines yeah. work differently i think uh, one vaccine that i uh, one example i can take is like the bcg vaccine that is i think given for tuberculosis if i'm not wrong the immunity of that thing lasts for like freaking decades apparently Ever. yeah <laughs> right and and, yeah. and some don't last long what what's your comment on the uh, duration of of the effectiveness of the immunity that, that this this vaccines provide how do you measure that how about the covid uh, covid-19 vaccines so what we'll have to do is just keep monitoring people and like their antibody responses. Um, mm. Right now in the clinical trials, they believe they started in May mm. um, and the individuals on those clinical trials, they obviously got the vaccine first and then to now they still have antibodies against COVID. So that's mm. great. That means it's at least it's working for upwards of like eight, nine months. Mm. Um, so that's promising. Um, mm. It doesn't mean that things might not change in the future, but I think the way to monitor it the best is just to look for antibody response and see mm. if we begin seeing surges of the virus again. Like if we all of a sudden, once more people are vaccinated, that's when we'll be able to see like, okay, case numbers should be going down. Mm. But if all of a sudden case numbers begin going up, that means that something might be going not so great with the vaccine in terms of its immunity or that maybe the virus has mutated too, which is another... Right big thing that can happen like that's what often happens with the um, influenza it happens a little bit different it's not quite mutations but mm. the way that the reason that the flu you have to keep getting um, a booster every year is because it does change a little bit in terms of like the modifications of mm. that the flu uses in order to infect you but um, and with COVID we know right now that there's been several mutations that um, have Oh, please. It's like it's yeah. like a World Cup, you know, it's like, yeah, I, UK has got its own strain. Now, South Africa has got its own strain. Let's have a World Cup. You know, it's just, oh, it's right. stressful. It's like they're you all know? competing. Every, yeah. Everybody wants their own strain. Um, but but really, the, the, the main way, um, this will be like, this is going to be like a little bit of a preview to like my newest video that I'm going to hopefully mm -hmm. put up soon. Mm -hmm. um, is that you know the reason that these mutations occur is because it's spreading more Muta the virus can't mutate on it, its own it's going to you right. know virus doesn't just sit on the surface and then start growing it needs to be inside of us to grow so that's going to be the biggest way to stop the mutations is to stop the spread which yeah. we know has been difficult for you know people to follow the rules and to actually, you know, adhere to some of these guidelines, but really that's the only way we can do this right now. Right. And that is exactly my problem with the idea of herd immunity, right? Herd immunity, mm -hmm. is, it sounds great on paper, but it also is an opportunity for the virus itself, you know, to, you know, take different shapes and forms yeah. and, throw, and throw new throw new questions, right? Throw new questions at yep. the vaccines, at your testing methods and boom, yeah. next thing you know, you have no clue what you're doing. 
Yes, that's exactly true. So it's like, it's really not the best way to go about trying to protect people through just natural immunity. It really should mm. be herd immunity via vaccines to, right. um, you know, protect everyone. But I mean, some of the mutations are not so bad. Like there was a mutation that was an early, very early on mutation came out last spring. Um, I can't remember the exact like position where it happened, but actually the antibodies that somebody generates actually killed that virus better. So like mm. that was a good thing. And now we see that with the UK, um, some data just came out yesterday or two days ago, some um, preliminary data with the UK variant showed the antibodies work fine against that variant. Um, the South Africa variant, there was some concern that it's a little bit less, but it doesn't mean it's not effective. It means mm. you need more antibodies. You need to be able to, you know, have that immune response stronger, but that's another reason, you know, why getting the vaccine is even better because the yeah. vaccine elicits a better immune response than if you had COVID before. Right. So, so far, nothing's pointing to like, no, mm -hmm. absolutely nothing. We have to start from scratch. So that's a good sign right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah let let's just go science fiction here right like what exactly should happen with the virus to you know completely evade the vaccine itself right should the entire like the spike protein itself change or what what should go wrong exactly here what what are you what are you looking yeah. for you obviously are keeping an eye on it right so what are you looking for exactly yeah so the spike protein is definitely the most important because we know that that's how the virus uses its ability to get inside of our cells. Mm. But one thing that can happen is if the spike protein mutates too much, it's not gonna be able to use the same mechanism to get into our cells. So I don't know if you've heard on the news before mm. that like the, the coronavirus infects us with by, uh, via the ACE2 receptor. Mm -hmm. So that's, a, that's like, a, um, like a, a protein on the outside of our cell membrane. Okay. It pairs with the coronavirus. You can think of it like a lock and key as right. soon as it goes in and then it can enter our cells. Right. So if it mutates too much, it's actually not going to fit on mm. that receptor. So that would be a bad thing for the virus because then how good is the virus going to get into our... Right. Good for us, bad for mm. the virus. Mm. Um, but leaving the potential for the virus to use a different mechanism to get inside of our body, maybe find a different lock right. and, you know, it can, it can get in that way. That's something mm. that I'm, I'm not sure if I'm sure people are looking at, but I don't think there's any preliminary data out there right now right. on SARS, the SARS-CoV-2 virus getting into our cells, mm. not through that ACE2 receptor, but, mm. but that's something that, you know, the, the virus also needs to will want to keep in mind too if we right. if we give the virus a personality like it right. wants to be able to get inside of our cells in order to survive and replicate N number number two million dollar question why the side <laughs> why the why the side reactions right side effects as what um, as what we mm -hmm. call in india side effects side reactions i'm guessing yeah. because it, it you're actually getting a mini covid in your body right in, in, the, in a sense so you'll have a mini fever mini cold which should be fine or it should not be fine what, what are your comments on that yeah so your body is going to have some type of response because you are trying to you're trying to activate your immune system mm. we want to make sure our immune system recognizes that that spike protein is not supposed mm. to be there and then it will start building immunity now that's going to be different for every person so like just like we know everybody has a different immune response some people get mm. sick uh, much more often than others mm. some people you know they get worse common cold than others so so the immune response varies based on person and that's just differences in some of the cells that are involved in your immune system mm. but it's very typical that when you're building an immune response you are going to have a fever or um you know some chills some soreness in the area redness in the area that means that white blood cells are going to that area they're starting to fight it off um some some of the side effects that people listed through the clinical trial were like a headache um, or just kind of feeling tired for the next day. Um, I don't think anything lasted more than two days. So that shows us that like, yes, people can have a, a response. You are getting a needle, you know, injected into you. You are 
um, getting a, you know, a, a vaccine. So you yeah. are going to have that response just like you would with anything else. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I didn't see anything like more severe, if anything, the actual chances of like the allergic reactions and things like that were very, very much lower mm. uh, because these, M, at least in the mRNA vaccines, because they're not using some of the um, reagents that people have been allergic to in the past, like right. egg or yeast proteins or adjuvants like aluminum. So all those things had much less effect with them. So that was a good sign. Right. And it's it's also like, you know, when you get fever, it is basically your body activating your immunity, immune response, yes. right? Yes, so it is. You must be afraid of every single fever that you get because, you know, you yeah. basically you're afraid of your own immune response. Like, come on. Yeah, right. You know? Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. and yes. tell me this, like, because in India, we have skepticism over few vaccines, uh, confidence over few vaccines. What do you think are the basic parameters uh, to to decide if this vaccine is safe or not, uh, right? What what are you looking at exactly? Are you looking at the testing method, number of trials, or uh, mm-hmm. what are the parameters that we are supposed to look at as as a common people? Yeah, so you're definitely looking at the design and how the the trials were put together. So mm-hmm. it's always important that you know for something to reach a clinical trial, it needed to go through lab studies and then some animal studies, probably involving like mice, rats, maybe. Mm-hmm primates, and then eventually would involve humans. Um, you want to make sure that like the clinical trials also try to include as many people as possible, like from different groups. So mm. we're talking different ethnic groups, different age groups, different genders, um, you know, different parts of the country, not just located in one area, because um, all those things are very important. We don't know if some of a group of individuals is more or less susceptible to mm. The virus or not so it's it's important to to test all these different parameters um then also just ensuring that the 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 company had a accurate like control group so that would be a group that received not the vaccine but like fake vaccine called a placebo Mm. which is really just nothing but you know it makes somebody think like oh maybe i got the vaccine and then they test to see like okay did the person like feel better or did they also have a fever like if they also said they got a fever then it's probably like okay like that's not associated with the vaccine at all yeah um so, the ones, yeah, the, like... one, the ones that politicians are taking i'm just kidding i'm just yeah kidding. <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> um so yeah all those things are are really mm. good to to measure and to just be on the lookout and you want to you know that's and that goes beyond um covid-19 too which mm. is i think a great thing that is emerging because of this virus is that the there's no, um, there's nothing wrong with people wanting to know how some of these drugs or vaccines work, especially in the future as we move, you know, towards yeah. a more communication style um, world. It's good for people to want to ask those questions and not just think the worst or, you know, these crazy hypotheses that are going around and rumors and myths. So um if they can know how to go through the literature in the right way to say, oh, this trial did have a control group, this trial did follow these guidelines, that's good. And, you know, they can hopefully stop spreading propaganda because they can see at least that these were thoroughly done. Right. So what we are looking at is a diversity in the in the test subjects, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we also uh, forgot to include uh, testing on var- people of various medical conditions. Like, will it work on diabetic yeah, people? True. You know, uh, yeah. will it work on uh, you know someone who has some uh, existing medical conditions and so on? Right. So right. a wide yeah. variety of uh, sample group and uh, proper uh, phases of trialing. Right. Phase one, two, three, yes. and so on. Right. With proper results. Yep. So that yeah. those are the parameters we're looking at. And and what what are the top few uh, skepticisms that are, let's just call it the way it is, fake news that you you have seen going around, like, for example, vaccine effect on pregnant women and so on. What are are the top Mm -hmm. two uh, myths that you'd like to bust? Okay, so the top myth that I want to bust for for either vaccine, whether it's the mRNA vaccine or the viral vector vaccine, Mm. was that it's going to mutate your own DNA. Um, This is just not possible. one for the mRNA vaccines is it's located in a different spot. Mm. The mRNA and DNA are not even 
in the same location within your cells. They can't interact. They're not the same molecule. That's why they're called something different. Um, and then for the viral vector vaccines, even though you are getting a piece of DNA, that virus actually can't become part of your DNA. So if you think of other viruses that they actually can become part of your genome, that's not what an adenovirus can do. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why this was chosen. And it's kind of like, you know, if you copy and paste something, you know, huge, like, uh, like if you're copy and pasting from a website, you might copy the text and then paste it into your own, but maybe right. the text is a different size and it's mm. much bigger or much smaller, or it's a different font. Like it's not going to always fit. And that's what the chances of this, it's, it's just not going to work. Right. And also if we could do that, we would be solving so many genetic problems we would there wouldn't be any illnesses because yeah. we would be solving all of them because we could just fix every you know mutate people's dna back to normal yeah um so that's one of that's the biggest one that i right. think like definitely needs to be addressed and hopefully people have gotten that addressed and mm. then um the second one to actually you know related to what you said is the pregnant women you know receiving the vaccine mm. um there was a myth going around that if you got the vaccine you wouldn't be able to become pregnant in the future mm. and that's just not true mm. um hey this the, is this is vaccine not birth control what the come on right right you know? exactly um and you know, if you look, so they, their argument was, oh, when you get the vaccine, you make this immune response. And then the immune response is what's going to not allow your placenta, like the woman's placenta to form properly. Okay. And actually, if you think about if, if that was true, then anybody who had the virus in the past and survived, mm. they also would have the same immune response. Yeah. And we see that women who have survived the virus are still getting pregnant and they're not saying that they, you know, lost any, any, a child yeah. or any babies mm -hmm. while they were sick. Um, and then, you know, furthermore, actually one of my friends here, she's a chemist and we did the entire um, blast system. Like we put the sequence of the um, placental protein and the the sequence of the spike protein of the coronavirus into uh -huh. this computer-based system that can tell uh -huh. us if things are similar or not. And actually the similarity was less than 3%. So it's not, and that's, that's common because proteins can only be made from 20 different amino acids. There's only right. 20 different ones. They're all put together in different ways, right. but there's only 20 different ones we can use. So there's mm -hmm. always going to be some one, two, three yeah. percent overlap of all our proteins, and there was nothing bigger for this protein. So that was a complete myth that yeah. you know somebody made to try to scare people. So yeah. two things, folks: your gene will not be modified to turn you into a zombie. Number one. Uh, number two is you will have kids, no matter yeah. uh, COVID positive or vaccine positive, whatever. Right. So don't worry about that. And and what is this one more criticism or sorry a skepticism that I hear is which I also had I'm guilty of having that is because you know generally historically speaking vaccines take a long time to develop right so but yeah. this yeah. is one of the one of the most fastest maybe this is the fastest most uh, the vaccine fastest. Yeah, yeah ever developed in human history so how am I supposed to uh, you know uh, rely on on this f efficiency what about the testing and this is a genuine mm -hmm. this is I think this is a genuine question. Uh, and what is your answer to that? Yeah, I think that that's very reasonable because that is all true. Um, one of the things that, you know, these companies normally did in the past, though, is they would compete with each other. So mm -hmm. if we think about different drugs that they would make maybe for diabetes or for heart disease, they would be trying to make the best drug and outcompete the other company because you know they wanted the best price for the yes. drug, of course. Yes. And but now these companies actually decided to work together. So companies began working together. Mm. They decided to also begin working with universities or colleges that people had all other expertise and try to you know streamline this research out faster. Mm. Um, one of the things with the Oxford and AstraZeneca vaccine is they actually were designing this vaccine for the first SARS. So back in oh. I think 2004 or something like this, um, they yeah, had yeah. begun this process way back in during that first um, initial outbreak, but then mm. it never you know became of anything. So they kind of you know were like, oh well, we had this stuff, but 
it's not important anymore. So we'll just kind of put it away. Mm. Then this happened, they could reopen those notebooks and say, okay, this is what we saw. It didn't work back then. What are we going to change now for the future? Mm. Um, and then, you know, the mRNA is just a lot faster. Like I mentioned with that recipe yeah. example, like we're just doing it. We're, we don't have to make a bunch of virus in the lab, which takes a lot of time and takes a lot of resources. Mm. We're making our own bodies make that protein. So we're like hijacking our own system, but it actually is a, a much faster way. Right. Um, so I think just a combination of better technology, we are always advancing. You know, if you mm. think about also t 10, 20 years ago, did the iPhone even exist? You know, that wasn't a thing. So yeah. things advance, things get quicker. Now we have, you know, internet that works a lot faster. You know, if you want to compare how technologies advance, mm. um, the medical, you know, the medical system is no different. The technologies are also advancing it's coming out faster and along with better collaborations and better communication among these companies. But don't you think uh, bioscience is a field that kind of evolves slower than say an iPhone, for example? Don't you think it's a little slower? Because one other question that I usually keep hearing is like the old SARS didn't have a vaccine. Ebola, I'm not mm -hmm. sure if it had an vaccine. How come they came up with this particular uh, vaccine so fast and so on? So I believe it's like less greed, more collaboration. The urgently i think these yeah. are the factors that led to uh, development of this vaccine and i think that's a fa fair way to put it so capitalism boys Definitely. capitalism boys and girls will not <laughs> give you capitalism gives you four years uh, vaccines and you know five years vaccines this is what happens when you collaborate all right so that yeah. that that said um my family members right most of them i'm not sure about your family but they are not convinced. How do I convince them? How do I convince them? What are the most simplest ways? One way to convince them is to show your channel, YouTube channel, which is wonderful. <laughs> but in in a simpler term, how how can I convince them? What 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 are the where can I hit them? The, where, yeah. Where it, so yeah. So definitely, um, you know, my family too is definitely still cautious mm. because it is new and they are worried and um, they don't know always how it works. You know, I try to explain them as many videos as I can make to try right. to explain it as many w different ways I can. And I think they're grasping it, but they're still, they don't have the same training as, mm. as I do. So it, it's a little bit different, um, which is completely understandable. Mm. Um, the way that I try to explain it best to them though, is to say, you know, look at the side effects that are happening. If somebody actually does have the virus, if somebody contracts um, COVID-19, some people, yeah, they experience mild symptoms and they're okay. There's a lot of people that experience very severe symptoms and they end up, you know, barely being okay. And then there's mm. also a lot of people who experience severe, severe symptoms and then they die. Mm. Um, we see this across every country, every region. So this is not something that's specific to one group. Right. Um, and how do you want to, you know, if you're worried about, the, the vaccine versus the virus, we see that the vac the virus has infected, you know, in the US alone, you know, 20 million plus mm. people. Mm. And we have over 400,000, half a million people are dead yeah. versus the vaccine. We've also given to around 20 million people and nobody has died because of the vaccine. Mm. You know, people have died, you know, after receiving it maybe because of something else yeah and that's important to think about um and then of course yeah. those are the hey, news stories that you, always if you, hit the... if you're dying in a truck crash after getting vaccinated right vaccine is not that the cause count. of the truck crash. <laughs> yeah right? like it's just right. it's that but, simple right but the news would want you to think otherwise <laughs> um so so you know you put it to, to in perspective of those numbers too mm. and to say that we also don't know one common thing that I always get is like, oh, you don't know any side long-term side effects of the vaccine. Mm. And that is, you know, from a science perspective, I can say like, look, mRNA, if you're getting the mRNA vaccine, the mRNA doesn't last very long. I work with mRNA all the time in the lab. And if I blink, sometimes it's gone. So it's, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't last. There's no reason for it to be sitting in your body for um, extended periods of time. So we think of other drugs, like people getting these very like chemotherapy cancer drugs, those can stay mm. in your liver, in your fat for years and then cause damage later on. Yeah. So 
that is a concern and you know something we don't have data on because the vaccines have only been available for less than a year. But we also don't know the long-term side effects of COVID. Some people ha still don't aren't back to normal um, even after getting COVID last spring. So it's you know take that also into consideration when you're thinking of getting the vaccine. Excellent, excellent. I hope we have crashed some myths, broken some fake news. But here's the thing, uh, man. You are the Neil deGrasse Tyson of uh, vaccine science right now, in in my in my opinion. I mean, I, I really request people to go onto his YouTube channel. That is Rob Swanda, R O B space S W A N D A, and consume all the knowledge that he has to provide in the most simplest of languages. And he's doing it in multiple languages as well. I think you've done one in Arabic, <laughs> in Spanish, in Chinese. Uh, I, yep. I've seen all that. I've seen all that. Yeah. Wonderful work, man. Wonderful work. And and uh, before I let you go, please tell people where we can find your work uh, on social media, YouTube, if you can, real quick. Yeah. So again, you can find it on YouTube using my name, uh, Rob Swanda. I'm also, I post everything also on Twitter which is, you know, where we first, where we first got interacted with. Um, that's at Scientist Swanda. Mm. Um, and then I also will post them on Instagram as well, um, right. which is at Swandive underscore Rob. So really all of them, um, um, we can leave up a post um, on video where I can yes. you know, put, put everything links, will Everything um, will be in tag, the but, everything um, will everything will be in the description yeah. folks watch his videos make them your whatsapp forwards make them your retweets make them your insta yeah. stories spread the right information that is the right information right there folks yeah. thank you very much for tuning into this podcast thank you very much rob for doing this pleasure having you taking your time out yeah. from your very busy schedule must have been the most busiest time in your life right because you know microbiology <laughs> you must be like relax i mean i'm not trying to you know downgrade your job but this surely must be the most busiest time yeah for sure i mean luckily i was i'm in my final semester of my mm. phd so a lot of my projects are quite wrapped up and it's just kind of finishing up some things doing a lot of writing um but then yeah these videos definitely have taken up in terms of the not just doing the video the video actually doing the videos is quite short and all my yes. videos are like two to three minutes yes um but it's like the responses and trying to make sure that you know if people do have questions, I do my best to try to answer as many as I can. Mm. I definitely don't get to all or even half, but right. I try. So right. that takes up a lot of time, but it's a good thing. I, I, you know, I'm not complaining because I would rather address the myths than, right. you know, to see them go to see people be misinformed. Do you, I, I hope you don't have too many anti-vaccination folks on your channel because they are just uh, annoying. Yeah, not too many. And like mm. some people try to use like, you know, they know that now that I have this platform that's reaching people. So they try mm. to comment and, you know, lead to this, these mm. myths. And I'm just not, I, I'm not going to allow that on my channel. It's one oh, thing please. to have a discussion, but it's another thing to actually, you know, put out misinformation, which is one thing I, I won't tolerate, mm. but I'm happy to have a discussion if somebody is confused, but not about absolute propaganda. Be, be, be like Twitter, bro. Delete delete those more folks. Yeah. Just, just yeah. no mercy yes. right there you know it's <laughs> yeah, no nope. no yeah and w what are the genuine questions that people ask like like top to genuine questions that you get from uh, you know from your social media yeah um people tend to you know they ask if if it would be safe they're usually concerned about a family member like they'll say mm. like oh i have a, a mother brother sister somebody who has maybe an autoimmune disease mm -mm. or they have, they have had cancer or they mm. have ALS, like mm. are, would the vaccine be safe for them? So it's people that are definitely trying to look out for their family members and right. every, you know, I, I do my best. I, you know, I always tell them like, I am not a physician. So mm. please check with your physician first, but all of the data and all the recommendations that are being put out there show that people in those groups, autoimmune disorders, cancer, diabetes, et cetera, various other conditions are much more at risk of death from COVID mm. than they are from, you know, having just a typical COVID reaction that many other people experience and then they are fine afterwards. Right. Um, so I always try to tell them like the vaccine is not, you know, it is a far better choice for you or for that individual because of the risk and the, that they're at just based yeah. on their other health conditions. Right. Um, I would say that's that's probably the top can, top one I got. 
before I addressed the pregnancy question um, mm. with that with that video, I got a ton of pregnancy, mm. um, you know, concerned even from other physicians. Like there was other wow. physicians saying like, oh, have you heard anything about this? I was like, um, yes, and it's not true. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, so addressing that really helped to bring those those questions down. Lovely, lovely. Folks, go ahead, shoot his, shoot your questions to Rob Swanda once again, R-O-B space S-W-A-N-D-A is on Twitter, is on YouTube. Hit him up, watch his stuff, forward his stuff, share the right information and get rid of your skepticism for vaccines. They work, they work and they work big time. Thank you very much, Rob. Once again, that's it from the Solocopus podcast. Till we see you next time with another episode. Bye, everyone.